Week zero was cute, but now we're here to game week in week one where college football really starts. Number three, UGA. Number 11, Oregon in Atlanta. Chick-fil-A. Keegan, thanks for being with me. As always, I'm Cheeto, Dog Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. So, as we kind of talked about briefly before we started, Keegan, week zero has been kind of the talk of the college football landscape since that's all we've had. But with week one comes the meat of the college football schedule, at least the start of it. And it's filled with matchups, storylines, and all the hypes because talking season is over. And now we got to go put pads on. And now we got to see who really is the best, who are the best teams in college football. That's right. It's, it's Tom. We've, uh, We've had a good off season, you know. It's like once you hit that, the farthest lull is, it's kind of like when you're on a uh, road trip and you're you're just starting off and you got that long drive back home. You know, it only gets better as time goes on. But when you first enter your address into the GPS, you're like woo. So I remember that feeling in the off season, and now we're here. We're on the we're talking a big weekend. We got some big matchups. I like what where college football is at, especially in the playoff era where. You need those big non-conference games. You need that hype, not just from a stand, you know, fan standpoint, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but just to, uh, you know, the games mean more and more when, you know, it's outside of the conference. It's outside of some kind of computer metric. You know, it's like really games start meaning things as soon as there are games. Period. So we're here for it, and we in that Chick Fil A game. Uh, I'm just looking for that 50-piece nugget, if you know what I'm saying. I hear you. <laughs> so, I hear you. I hear so, you. so that leads us to some uh, some pregame, some good some good football talk. And, man, just happy to be back. It's just a good feeling. Uh, fall, You can feel that fall air starting to creep up on us. It, it'll be here before you know it. And uh, it, it's dog time, baby. It's, and we got a duck hunt. So, you know, Honestly, it's, it's, my it's favorite, my favorite part of the season, we're going to have the leaves changing soon. It's going to cool off enough to where you're not – sweating bullets when you go outside and you know the tailgating uh also on top of that anybody else going to be out there in atlanta tailgating going to be out there with a few people a few alums feel free to reach out it's going to be a good time i know everybody's pumped and excited but i want to talk about this uga and oregon matchup because the talk has been all offseason georgia's lost all of these pieces how will they replace that how can they compete again? No way they make a run like they did again. They won it once. It'll be another 40 years till they win it again. Um, and Oregon comes in a, a very good team. Should be well-respected. But, again, the matchups and the storylines are plenty here. I wanted to start with the home crowd because it's in Atlanta. I don't know how many Oregon fans are going to end up traveling. So you, you can expect it to be a majority of red and black. But also in the offseason, Oregon did lose one of their tight ends. Um, I believe his name was Spencer Webb. Uh, I, I think it was a climbing accident or something like that. So I hate to put that. Obviously, this is much bigger than the game of football. But 
when it comes to football, you know there's going to be an added emotional element for the team. They're going to come out wanting to, you know, play for him in some regard. And as UG, UJ fans often are, we'll show respect, may, maybe even shout him out like, like we've done in the past with, you know, cancer things or people passing away from the other team. So I expect UJ to show a lot of class. But these are things that are going to affect the game because emotions are going to be high, especially first game of the season. Yeah, Spencer Webb is a a fifth-year senior for the Ducks, you know, meant a lot to the team. And anytime you can pinpoint something like that, I mean, you you wonder, obviously you just hate a loss of life, uh, just hate that a young man died in an accident like that. And then going back to the football side of it, how does that play into the game psychologically, emotionally? I'm sure it'll be a factor. I don't think it'll be the factor, but – uh, you know, something to kind of keep in mind if we see that Oregon's just playing a, uh, out of their mind, an all an all out inspired game. Yeah, yeah, something to keep in mind. But yeah, that I think Georgia playing this home kind of it's it, it is a neutral site, but obviously we're in Georgia. It's kind of like Florida playing a neutral site in Jacksonville, and honestly, that's a little bit more neutral than uh, where we're at here with Oregon having to go all the way across the country. Absolutely, it, I, I would. Are we playing Oregon next year? Do you know off the cup? Uh, off, off I don't. The rip. I don't think. I don't. I don't. Doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound or, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, it, it's kind of a shame we're not doing a home and home. That would be cool. It was actually last year. I went and visited my cousin out in Oregon. She's an Oregon State professor, so I've always kind of had some weird, uh, random weird ties. Oregon ties yeah. my whole life. But I actually made it down to Eugene. I got to see some of the facilities uh, just driving by. It's amazing what they've done. You can tell that that Nike money is pumping through and it's real. Yeah. And so I got to see, uh, you know, hands-on and, you know, growing up, Oregon was kind of my, my go-to team playing NCAA. Like they, they kind of had the, the doper Jersey. So uh, much swag. Yeah. So George much Kayser, George Kayser, for those in my close circle know, he was a six foot seven, uh, four time all American, Heisman winner back to back to back. Uh, you know, you got you got to have those every now and then in a video game. Uh, and uh, it it was a good time going growing up as a pseudo off uh, off the cuff part time duck fan in the football realm. So this has a little bit of meaning to me <laughs> that uh, no one else might no, dab on. But I'm excited for this game. I think uh, Georgia's going to have. A, a good one on their hands we we have a great off uh you know uh out of conference opponent and honestly i think this oregon team this year is stronger than the clemson team last year and yeah. just for like yes I, that's that's kind of where i'm at and especially with uh you know the development of bo nix i kind of bo nix coming in at auburn um in my mind, you know, he, he had those flashes. He was obviously a highly touted recruit. Um, you know, he's a legacy guy. But he just never – he just always kind of struggled against Georgia. But in my mind, I was kind of thinking, okay, you know, we got him, you know, these first few years. But, oh, just wait till Bo Nix is a, an upperclassman. Just wait till he's a senior. A, 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 I remember you know, him a, saying a, it. a junior or whatever. So, we're, we're not – we're never going to know what that would be like with Auburn. But – to me, Auburn's taking a, a whole couple of steps back, and this this Oregon team kind of reminds me of like what I thought Auburn was going to be a few years ago. Like if they had that trajectory and kind of moved the needle forward, and, and and how fitting is it 
that they would have a Bo Nix. So I do take this game seriously, this opponent seriously. Uh, you know, we're coming off the national championship. Obviously, the talent we have in the locker room speaks for itself. Yes, it's a probably a mostly kind of home field advantage thing going on for Georgia. But Oregon is not to be uh, quacked at. No, <laughs> and, and they're not a joke. They're, and they're not a joke they're, at, they're at all. They're a real team. Let, let's yeah. let's keep it with the Bo Nix thing, because I think that's an important storyline that's going on here, because what we're hearing is, oh, Dan Lanning is now the head coach at Oregon. Obviously, the defensive coordinator at UGA, a part of that elite defense that was uh, given up hardly any points historic as far as the numbers go and the draft numbers in the first round draft. We, we know all that. But it's what it sounds like to me is that. Oregon has an edge because Dan Lanning knows all our schemes and all of this and all of that fair now when the same thing happens to nick saban it's funny how no one wants to say that about nick saban oh well he they learned it from nick saban but how it's danny landing taking all the credit here but he, he's a great coach nothing against him but what i want to talk about is how our wide receiver coach brian mcclendon came from oregon he was the wide receiver coach there or a big part of the offense at least maybe even coordinator but he was even an interim head coach at one point so he knows all the players he knows all of the the skeleton of the team and what they like to do. And on top of that, let's talk about Mike Bobo, how Mike Bobo had a real hand. Uh, he was offensive coordinator at or at Auburn before he got here and how familiar he is with Bobo and what, what, what Bo Nix, excuse me, Bobo and Bo Nix and what he's comfortable with. Not to mention Kenny Dillingham, the new offensive coordinator at Oregon who came from Auburn, who is also familiar with Mike Bobo. So there's a lot of crossover here. It's not just Dan Lanning, UGA. There's several coaches that are very familiar with both programs. So if you want to give Oregon the edge there, that's on you. But it's not as big as the general media would have you think. We have several coaches that know that program, know those coaches, know their schemes. So it's going to be a lot of chess, but not just one person playing chess. A lot of pieces on the board here. So just just keep that in mind when you're thinking uh, because they're going to talk about it. Just you'll see you'll they'll they'll wear it out 100 uh, percent. And then on top of that, I think the most the most important thing for UGA. Yes, we have a young team right now and not a lot of experience. But keep in mind that UGA has always rotated their players just because you weren't a starter doesn't mean that you didn't play in all however many games that we played last season and didn't contribute either on special teams or in several of the blowouts that we had. But I think the most important thing right now is UJ is healthy and not just, not just several players. I'm talking about several high level, very significant players for us. Some, some of the people that I mentioned is Eric Gilbert, who actually got in a car wreck on campus this week, five-star tight end. Who's going to be crucial to the offense. Tate Ratledge who I imagine if he's healthy, he's going to be starting guard. He got hurt last year during the Clemson opener is what was out all season. He is a beast. Another five-star Tyke Smith. Everyone's worried about our secondary, especially the safety spot. He's healthy. He practiced for the first time, I think in a year without his knee brace this week, five-star back in the safety position, Dominique Blaylock, another five-star wide receiver that we didn't get last year. So like we're getting a bunch of pieces back right now at the right time. We're, extremely healthy across the board. And I think that spells disaster for Oregon. Not that they're not talented because they definitely are. And we'll speak about the players that you need to watch out for as a Georgia fan on the Oregon side. Uh, but Keegan, anything else as far as a storyline or something that you're interested in that the casual fan may not know off the top of their head when it comes to Oregon and UGA? Well, 
mainly that, you know, Georgia and Oregon have only played one time to date. Uh, you know, that was in 1977. So I'm, I'm sure uh, some of our listeners were around then, but not many. And it was a victory for the dogs. And it's been a long time coming since. I just know that Oregon is one of those teams that is in the football lexicon. I know a lot of us grew up playing the video games with Oregon. And I know it kind of uh, my tidbit on Oregon as a state and as a place in general. I love the place, love the state. Uh, very beautiful out there. Tidbit, in my mind, I've always thought of Oregon as kind of the West Coast of Georgia. It's very green. It's very kind of rural in some parts. They have a, a city. Uh, shout out to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I like the vibe of Oregon, Gotta but outside Portland, of all right? that. Yeah, bringing it back just to that one game. We got so we got a one game uh, winning streak. You know, it's it's been a a solid. Uh, Was that uh, 35, 40, 45 years <laughs> since we played them last? So hopefully mm -hmm. we play them sooner. Um, but you know, that's that's just kind of the basics. There's not a lot of history here, and I guess we'll be making history come Saturday about three thirty. So that just moves us into the pregame. Yeah, and so. honestly, honestly, I think this is a nice matchup because I I think a lot of people are similar to you. I know I am. Like, there's no really there's no bad blood between UJ and Oregon. They're they're known across college football as having the best uniforms. Uh, a lot of people are even going to be interested from the Marcus Mariota standpoint. I, I will say this: as much as I don't think Marcus Mariota is a starting NFL quarterback, the the kid played good ball, even won a Heisman, I believe. Did, they, did he win a Heisman when he was at Oregon? Or was uh, I think, I think he was in he was in the conversation. He, okay, he went to New York. But yeah. but yeah, great, great offense, like the offense. Uh now he plays for the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll be playing, we'll be playing his old his alum school in the what? building he's gonna be starting. So like there's a there's a bunch there. Mariota did win a Heisman. So we'll we'll just uh go ahead and asterisk that. He did win a Heisman. He was the first Oregon player and the first Polynesian. Uh, culturally speaking, to, okay. win a, to win a Heisman. Okay, so, good deal. Yes. Good thing. Good thing you caught that. Good. So, so yeah. Sure. An another another thing there. Falcons related. Since we're playing in Atlanta, um, again, there's just there's just so much going on here. So I think the general the casual fan will really enjoy um, all the little tidbits with this game. Uh, but Keegan, let's bring it down to brass tacks, nuts and bolts. Who who would you tell a casual fan to look for? Or who are you looking for in this game? Give me your UGA players that you're excited to see or think will can be a big part of a win here. And the same thing for the Oregon Ducks. Well, the friendly, familiar faces obviously kind of come to mind. All the guys that made a big splash in the national championship game that are coming back and the, the names that we've kind of come to recognize and uh, feel warm about. But as far as Georgia guys, I'm kind of looking more so to the new faces. I'm looking to uh, Pop, as they call him, Dumas Johnson, linebacker for EGA. Young guy, going to be one of the many dudes kind of rotating in, taking over for a uh, a replacement reload of, of ultra-talented linebacker room that had three guys go to the NFL last year, or this last draft. Uh also looking towards, you know, so, some of the freshmen that might get on the field, some of the young cats uh, like Malachi Starks, like uh, dude from uh, the strong defensive end we got. Who's, what's his name? I'm slipping on right now. Uh, 
us. The Trayvon new, the Walker comparisons. Oh, yeah. Michael yeah, they, we, we got Michael, Michael Williams. Williams. You know, so, so it'd be interesting to see if any of those kind of, you know, five-star freshmen, uh, highly touted freshmen get in the game. Uh, I'm kind of looking at that. And then also just kind of looking at, you know, some of these big uh, replacement roles where guys like Kenny McIntosh and uh, Dejan Edwards, I don't know. Uh, I know we're going to get to injury report. Do we know if Kendall's good to go? Is he, from, is what he I hear, be from what I hear, Kendall is good to go. So like uh, yeah. literally across the board outside of Andrew Paul, the running back who tore his ACL. Unfortunately, I think we're pretty healthy across the board. Yes. Yeah, so looking at the running back room, seeing what they're going to do. I mean, a lot of these position groups, we've known about these guys for a while. We've seen them get on the field. We've seen, you know, some things to be positive about. But just kind of looking at who's going to step up, you know, all the media talk is kind of narrowed down on is Georgia going to be able to sustain? I think that's kind of the wrong question. I think uh, Georgia, you know, obviously they have their standard. But easier said than done when you're losing 15 NFL players you know, playmakers. Uh, the question for me is, is are these guys ready to develop to do that or even do better? You know, I don't think it's uh, outside the question that we could potentially even do better than some of the high water marks that we had from last season. So just looking at those new guys coming in and obviously it's kind of, you know, the one everyone will talk about, but I want to see if Stetson Bennett can be even better. I want to see if uh, Steph, Stefan, Steph Quavius Bennett is going to take that next <laughs> step Quavius. with his with his buzz haircut and the new look. I mean, I know it, it's been, it's been a whole off season where he's been QB one. He's gotten a lot more reps. He's gotten a lot of more one on one time with Todd Munkin talking about situational things. You know, that does make a difference. So I'm excited to see what he can do with that and to see if it's just immediately noticeable to us. So that's kind of just my uh, top of mind level players. Who are you looking at? for Georgia and then we can start to kind of look at the, the name drop in for Oregon Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So with Georgia's tight end room being dubbed one of the best in college football, one of the best maybe in the history of college football, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the tight end room and how exactly we're going to use them. Uh, but I think for the most part, we have an, we have an understanding that we, we can use them in a multitude of ways and it's going to be a problem for Oregon, but the people that it's going to be the most problem for are Oregon's linebackers. And But let me preface this by saying that Oregon's linebackers are absolutely no joke. Kirby will tell you this because he recruited both of the two people I'm looking for in this game to come to UGA. They're more West Coast guys, and they decided to stay over there. But that is Justin Flo and Noah Sewell. For me, that's, what I'm, that's literally what I'm going to be watching every time that we're on offense. Uh, as much as I try to pay attention to the secondary and the, the D-line, the linebackers were all – that's going to get all my attention. These two are have been there for quite some time, but they are elite linebackers. Uh, I believe Sewell was first team Pac-12, um, leading leading the team in tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks. Um, both of them share all of these accolades. I, I'm not going to go into detail each of them because I don't want to mess them up. But they are going to have their hands full with this tight end room. Is it whether it's Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, uh, Darnell Washington? Are they going to get? Are they going to have to deal with them as far as run blocking? passing routes uh who knows with that play action game it's going to be a struggle but look for them to either have success or to fail because that's going to be a big part of the game and then on top of that like you said I, i'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the freshmen play but mostly in line with you you said jamon dumas johnson i'm looking at him because he's 
feeling a big void and a void that we're going to need to be successful in this game. We're going to need that void to be filled. Also, Kamari Lassiter, the other cornerback on the other side of Keely Ringo. I think that's going to be a very, very important position because if I was Oregon's offense, I'm going to target him and see what he's worth. He's not been there before. Keeley's used to being picked on, but he's used to making people pay at the same time. And then also Zion, is it Luge? Logue? Logue. Zion Logue. Uh, somebody coming in to fill. He doesn't have to do it by himself, but he's coming in to fill some heavy, some big shoes in Jordan Davis and be a part of that rotation. Um, so not just Zion, but also the people behind him. I think we're going to see a lot more rotation up front versus just like Jordan Davis and then somebody else. So really looking forward to all of these positions and all these players to make a name for themselves starting week one, because this is a national stage and what better place to do it than week one in Atlanta. I, what else do you need? Yeah. I love this kind of game because it kind of has that playoff feel. It get, it puts uh, a lot of the, you know, the young guys that haven't been on this kind of stage. I mean, imagine the last game you played was at like a, a thousand capacity high school stadium. And now you're not just going into a college football game, which by itself would be a while. Is enough. You're going yeah. in, yeah. You're going into one of the nicest, most uh, cutting edge stadiums in the world, right. let alone the country. You know, sports aside, all sports. Speaking of uh, Mercedes Benz, so an awesome stage. And I don't. I'm assuming that the dome will be up, and they're not gonna do any uh chop tops this weekend no they're calling for maybe a chance of rain so i'm thinking it'll be nice and close so no excuse as far as the weather so yeah either way it's 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 perfect it's perfect for this quite a a stage and i mean and as a college football fan you you gotta love a lot of the big games this weekend and if you're just you know channel flipping i would assume that georgia oregon is going to get a lot of extra eyeballs this weekend. So excited for all that. And speaking of, one of our correspondents, not named Keegan, will be live in the mix. It'll be exciting to see a little bit of uh, maybe some photos, maybe Absolutely. some videos. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to not enjoy myself too, too much and really document some of the, <laughs> document some of the experience for you guys because, um, again, we need to put a little bit of work into the IG page, but I think it's a perfect opportunity. Um, national stage, a team that we're not going to get to see often and to have to have some adequate documentation of how things played out and probably probably a lot of yelling in the video, but you know, we'll have a good time with it. Exactly. So excited for all that. And with this Oregon game, I think, you know, it's a it goes without saying that Dan Lanning was instrumental in Georgia's success. I expect big things out of Dan Lanning. And he's one of, yeah, he's one of the best young coaches, obviously, in the nation. I mean, you don't get, I think, what, he's 34, 35. I mean, you don't get a job like Oregon. Oregon's a big, big job. I mean, he's he's following Mario Cristobal, who has had an established uh, high-level career. So, for him just to get that job is no small feat. Now, that said, you know, you look at, like, the track record of young coaches you you go back 10 years to where lane kiffin got his first shot you go back to just some of these un, uh, younger guru types that are uh, more like the the shane beamers of the world the, the ones that have kind of been on the the lookout for a minute it kind of goes without saying that i i feel like dan landing is as suited as any of those guys ever were to be that young coach in the spotlight but that said 
uh, with his young wisdom and the grays in his hair and the grays in his beard. I do think that it is hard being a young coach, uh, making that transition ever, period, no matter where you're at in life. But being a young guy like Dan Lanning is, I think, you know, in, on an energy level, I think it suits you. I think it's like being a parent. You know, you're young. You can go throw the ball and, you know, chase the football with your kid. But if you're young, you also kind of like lose some wisdom points. So I expect there yeah, to be you some make uh, those learning mistakes. curves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that's I expect why, that. That's yeah, why I so. think for, for UGA, like he this is these are one of those games like no, the fans aren't even really expecting him to win this game. I don't think they want to mm. see they want to see a culture. Are we going to like they've always been the high fly offensive team. I think Dan Lanning's really going to bring an element of really solid, sound defense. And as yes. we've seen, it may not be the most sexiest thing in college football these days, but you can win championships there. So I think for him to keep it competitive, I think the line, the Vegas line is what, 17 or so. If he can keep it there, 17, 14, I think most of their fans will be happy. They're just not trying to get embarrassed, you know, on, on national TV. That way they don't have to like go back and like retract all the statements that they put out on social media, you know? And, and same, and same with UGA. Like we're, I hear people on Paul Feinbaum and stuff like that all the time. If you think that we're just going to go and repeat as national champions again, you need, you need to take us a, a big step back. That's not really how college football works. It is going to be a process. This will go a long way, but even if we lose this game, let, let us make a run in the SEC, SEC East, win that, go probably see Alabama or Texas A&M, and we'll see how the committee feels about us at that point. But it starts with week one, it starts this weekend. Keegan, how are you feeling about uh, a score, how this game's going to go? Like, can you give me kind of what your vibes yeah. are off, off time? I, I got Georgia winning 38. Oregon 13 with some uh, big plays from Bo Nix and, and solid defense. Not enough. What do you got? I got 38, 17 dogs on top. I like Oregon really giving us some fits in the first half. And then I like Kirby and company really settling down, really figuring out what they're, what they were successful with in the first half and take that all away. And then the offense of UGA really, really just being a problem for Oregon second half. So yeah, about the same. I like all that. I like all that. Do we got time for some uh, some around the week picks? We do. We do. Let Let's talk about Let's talk about some of those now. What are we looking at as far as some of the other games week one, or where are you most interested? Where's your attention going to be? Okay, so this is I got six games. My pick six in honor of Keely Ringo, uh, kind of lined up. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, we don't. Let's not even get into scores. Let's just say uh, we got. We'll go one by one down the line. Utah at Florida. Utah is coming off a big season. They have postseason hopes. We know what Florida's at. Who do you got in that game one? I'm not really sure exactly what Utah returns. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and give this one to Utah. But please hear me when I say, as much as I dislike Florida, I like Billy Napier, and I really think he's gonna have their program in the right direction very soon. I hope he finds all this success, hopefully not at Florida, but give me Utah on that one. Okay, I like Utah on that one too. All right, we got Cincinnati. We saw what they just did. Uh, Luke Fickle's got those boys being taken seriously around the country, but they're not so much a reload program. Exactly. They're coming in with some fresh faces. They're at Arkansas. We know Arkansas is returning a lot of their big-name guys, but they're still on the outside looking in. Both these teams need this win 
Who do you got? Cincinnati at Arkansas. Give me, give me Arkansas. Just like you said, Cincinnati's not really a reload program. We don't know what they are, and an unknown in week one is not your friend. And Arkansas returns at least their quarterback, not Traylon Burks, their wide receiver, but their offense is the quarterback. Give me Arkansas. All right, Arkansas. I got Arkansas, too. I'm hoping Sam Pittman takes it as far as he can in the West. I like that. All right, we got a top five matchup. Now, this is going to be the quote-unquote on paper game of the week. You got number five Notre Dame coming back with a lot of uh, similar inspirations, uh, aspirations. You got uh, some close but no cigar. You saw Brian Kelly dip. You saw their D.C. get promoted to head coach. Notre Dame coming in strong, but they're at number two, Ohio State, who many have picked as a solid all the way through playoff contender. Who do you got? Number five, number two. Give me, give me again, give me the constant. Give me the the devil, the devil that I know. I'm gonna go Ohio State. That offense is just gonna put up numbers. Uh Notre Dame, I expect them to put up a good fight with their new head coach and let him change the culture, but not week one. Yeah, you got consistency on defense coming in strong. So if Notre Dame pushes, it's gonna be through that. But yeah, I gotta go with you, Ohio State on that one. Rounding out, Georgia State. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta repping at South Carolina. Those, that's a game I'm excited to kind of see what South Carolina can do, make a statement. And I'm still waiting on either Georgia State or Kennesaw State to be that, you know, pushing tech for that number two spot in the state of Georgia. <laughs> to be honest, both schools are working on it. Um, I just think running into Spencer, Spencer Rattler, uh, even for us, I'm, I'm eyeing that South Carolina game. I think that offense is going to take a huge step forward under Shane Beamer and uh, Georgia State, not quite ready. All right, I like that. I'm uh, I'm gonna call the upset. This is my I'm putting uh, South Carolina on upset alert. You know, I'm not fully in hardcore belief, but if there was an upset that I think could happen to an SEC team, I think it would be Georgia State at South yeah. Carolina, which would be a little that's a stretch. I'm not gonna lie. All right, ending this now. We got Florida State versus LSU. Here we got those are two big names, two big schools. We will match up. <laughs> Brian Kelly's my trying to really. Family. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to let his family down. You know what? Just because, just because he said that in the offseason, I'm going Florida State. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking Florida State. But that's I think all right. Yeah, I think this might be a sober moment for uh, LSU fans. They have the talent it's going to take to get to the playoff, but I don't know if they can do it. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with LSU. I'm going to go with LSU, but you know. If 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 it if it uh, comes down to a Florida State victory, it is because he said I am with. To be yeah, to be yeah. honest, if LSU lose, I'm just hoping to hear that sound clip just over and over and over again. So, just wishful okay. thinking, but I, I wish them both the best. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, last last uh, playoff contender on the list, last game on the list, we got Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Um, I know Clemson wants to start the year off a little bit better than the last Georgia team they started the season off against. Uh, I know Georgia Tech is looking to make a splash. They're looking kind of sorry on paper, but you think Georgia Tech has a, any kind of shot at this? No, they lost Jameer Gibbs to Alabama. Alabama seems to be going out. It's not enough for them to be the best team. Now they have to go get other teams' best players and make an all-star squad. But it is what it is. Um, Georgia Tech, their, their coach, Jeff Collins, is just trying to stay alive, and I think this is one of the nails – one of the few nails in his coffin already because he's gone after the season if they embarrass themselves. And on the other hand, Dabo is trying to prove that he is a head coach and that Tony Elliott and uh, Oklahoma's new head coach, Brett Venables, 
that he can win without them. So I think for him, he might put a 70 piece on them because they're, they've got a sour taste in their mouth after being an elite team for four to five years. I like that. I like that. Do we have Tom for a last pick for playoff contender, uh, final preseason prediction? Do we got time for that? Okay. Okay. You're talking about the final four? Final four. Who okay. you got? Who give you me. Got? Who you got? Yeah. Go ahead and give me. Uh, go ahead and give me Ohio State. Mm. Give me. I know this is not really going out on a limb, but go ahead and give me Alabama and UGA being in a similar situation as last year. Until we see a Notre Dame or somebody on the outside looking in show that they're better than Alabama and Georgia, I think we'll both get that that love. I want to say Clemson, being that they're in the ACC, but, dude, that's tough. It is tough. That's tough. You know what? Give me – Give me USC. Give me USC. Yeah. Okay. Give me the media is gonna is begging for an Oregon or USC to put themselves in the mix. I think USC is gonna be nice. And if I have to pick an, another conference, give me Pac 12. So give me USC. Okay. I like that. I like that. All right. I, I'm with you on Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia. I think Clemson just isn't gonna get pushed enough in the ACC. I think uh and they return a lot of the you know important star guys i think the same with clemson i don't think they're going to really get challenged in the acc so you're leaving bama out i got i got bama uga ohio state and usc i got no acc here i got no acc okay i i see clemson getting in just because of what i just said i think they're gonna not really get tested and Mm -hmm. i think they have all the returning pieces to to do it on paper uh, I think they will make a compelling argument. I think Ohio State – I think Ohio State and Clemson basically make it for the same reasons. They have way too much returning talent, and they're not going to get challenged. Georgia is going to get tested a lot more than last year, but I like their odds favorably to make it in. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Right. I know, you got to Bama then. Okay. I know Bama has everything it takes to do it. I know, I know they do – they have the talent, uh, but this year they're going to play – uh, Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas all on the road. Tell yes. me that one of those games doesn't get hairy. That said, I, I, the, I think I think they uh, – yeah, so since they do play Tennessee, um, that's going to be a little bit more of a challenging game from them from an East opponent. And the West is looking as strong as they've ever looked with Texas A&M looking strong. Texas is looking good. I got Texas. I know this is a, a stretch and a half, but Texas has been – they're one. They're the only team outside of Georgia, teams named Georgia and Alabama that have had uh, three of the last, like I want to say, five uh, top five finishes in recruiting. So, so that that gives them the on paper edge. And with Quinn Ewers coming in, Steve Sarkeesian's the quarterback whisperer. The Big Twelve is as weak as they've ever been. With Oklahoma taking a big step back. I think Texas gets in on a technicality. I think they got the talent. I think they got Quinn Ewers, and I think the the Big 12's weak this year. Okay, so, well, you heard it here first. And, Bama out, Texas in. That is an interesting we'll top four, and we will yeah, see. We'll see. But it starts, it starts Saturday. So we'll keep you guys updated, and we will be here with all the relevant scores and, of course, dogs first. Dog Nation, though, appreciate you guys. It's been a long way, but now it's time for some football. Keegan, always appreciate you as well. And as always, guys, 
You know what it is. Off the leash. Off the leash. I do it for the dogs. I do it for my dog.